We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol Podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Ben. And tonight we are looking at the Space 1999 episode Dorzak. The following synopsis has been reordered for clarity. A Croton spacecraft filled with space babes is heading for an exile planet. On board, bound for exile, is Dorzak, a criminal from the planet Sycon. So dangerous is Dorzak that the Crotons have him in total stasis. Also on board are Sahala and Yesta, both of whom are taking naps, and Clea, who is passing the time by watching the pretty lights on the wall. And then she comes over all strange and goes to see the prisoner, who is not only in stasis, but also behind a force field and doors. Is she under mind control? The computer alerts her to the presence of a rogue asteroid, the former moon of the planet Earth, containing some 300 technologically primitive inhabitants. They steer clear. Clea now returns to Dorzak, releases the force field, and brings him out of stasis. He doesn't know what's going on. Clea tells him, I found a moon with 300 people on it. We can escape, go there, and start anew. So, so maybe she wasn't under the mind whammy after all? Yesta awakes and zaps Dorzak back to stasis. Clea is mortified. What has she been doing? I guess she was under the mind whammy. And then she gets a table ornament and beats Yesta's brains in. But not before Yesta puts Clea in stasis too. When awoken, Clea spaces herself in shame. Sahala puts out a distress call to Moonbase Alpha. On Alpha, it's 2009 days after leaving Earth's orbit, and things have probably been running very smoothly, as John Koenig is away investigating some asteroids that might have colonization potential. Which does seem to be just the stupid kind of idea John Koenig would have. Nonetheless, this leaves Tony Verdeschi in command, and he's not too keen on letting the Crotons land while they're transmitting the most terrifying sound in space, the universal plague warning signal. Sahala explains, oh, don't worry, it's not the plague that can harm you. We've got it totally under control. So Tony allows them to land. Yesta is taken to medical center, but as soon as Sahala sees Maya, she shoots her with a stasis gun. This does not enamor Tony with Sahala, unlike Alan, who definitely has a case of the space babe sickness. Tony doesn't want to hear her excuses, but Sahala explains to Alan that Psychons are mean, nasty, manipulative monsters that brought war and destruction to the Crotons. Alan says Maya isn't like that, and if you could just revive her, Tony will be on your side. She does revive her, but Tony isn't really on her side. Meanwhile, Maya learns of Dorzak. She knew Dorzak. He was a philosopher and a poet. He could never be the monster they accuse him of being. She wants to talk to him, and over Sahala's objections, Tony allows Maya to revive Dorzak, but he must remain behind the force field until Yester recovers and can give an independent account of what happened on the ship. Tony also discovers a strange metallic object on the Croton ship, which he takes, intending to have the tech guys study it. Helena performs surgery on Yesta. In the damaged area of the brain, she finds an identical object to the one Tony found, although neither knows about the other. She must remove it to save Yesta's life. Maya succeeds in reviving Dorzak, who is quite reasonable, and they chat. But while they chat, Dorzak puts the mind whammy on Yesta, who is regaining consciousness. She blames Sahala for all the terrible things that happened, and then she dies. Tony allows Maya to release now exonerated Dorzak and puts Sahala back in custody. Tony takes the device to technical and learns that the device blocks organic psycho 
echo waves, or the waves they are associated with ESP. In just about 300 days, they'll refer to that very same thing as the Lambda variant. But that hasn't happened yet, chronologically at least. This makes Tony suspicious of Dorzak, and Sahala reveals that they all had the devices to protect against Dorzak's mind whammy. Clea removed hers because she loved Dorzak. So wait, does that mean she wasn't mind whammied? Or, or, or does it? And Dr. Russell removed Yesta's, making her do Dorzak's bidding. Still not convinced, Tony has Maya impersonate Sahala, suspecting Dorzak to reveal his evil plan when trapped by Sahala alone, but it doesn't work. Maya fails to convince Dorzak, and she gets mind whammy. First, she's forced to reveal the secret of molecular transformation, which Dorzak did not know, and then she becomes Dorzak and is put in stasis. Dorzak becomes Maya and tries to bluff his way through Alpha. This time, it's Tony's beer to the rescue. He knows something is wrong when Maya, actually Dorzak disguised as Maya, says she'd love to have some of his beer. He tries to arrest Dorzak, but Dorzak puts the whammy on him. But no, he does not put the whammy on him because Tony let Dr. Russell perform brain surgery on him and implant one of the jammers. Dorzak is once again put in stasis and the Alphans say farewell to yet another super advanced race of peaceful people with advanced space drive capabilities that might even help them get a home if only they bothered to ask. Good thing John Koenig might have found a promising asteroid for them to live on. The end. Dorzak. 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 I gotta say, it was a lot better than the stuff that's been recently. You know, you're right. <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, this wasn't half bad. I it mean, a bit silly. Not. It, it, <laughs> it, it has its flaws, but it wasn't terrible. I was, I was kind of like, I'll tell you what I, I'll tell you what I'm impressed by. I mean, you know, the British, okay, I mean, everyone knows that in the English-speaking world, the British have the best actors, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. That guy playing Dorzak's eyes never moved. They didn't. When they, he was in stasis, it was amazing. Oh, yeah, they didn't blink. <laughs> I was impressed. They didn't move. They didn't twitch left or right. I mean, he absolutely, I mean, he had girls mashing on him in his stasis and stuff. And I mean, he's just completely and absolutely able to keep those eyes dead focused like a fish. I was super impressed by his abilities. <laughs> and that's just, you know, one of the things. So, um, well, let's just talk about the, the, the big fish in the room. John Koenig isn't even on this one in the TV screen. No. And it's so much better for it. I mean, <laughs> no, we get a lot. Of, we got a lot of Alan. We got a lot of Alan and Tony, and mm. and not once, not once, did anybody on Alpha say, "Yasko, kick the commander on the link. I need to ask him a question." I can't make this decision without talking to Koenig. Yeah, not once. It was like, you know, something. He's dead. He's dead to us. We'll just carry on as if we were trained, intelligent professionals that were manning this moon base uh, before we got blasted into space. Let him chase after. An asteroid with the potential of colonization. <sighs> shall we? Shall we just get that out of the way, please? Ooh, ooh, ah, stupid, stupid, stupid. That that is enough stupid for a whole episode, yeah. right there. I wish they had done that. What because... are they going to do? Move Moonbase Alpha to the asteroid? <laughs> well, we'll have, have to build the airtight buildings. Yeah, and, we'll uh, have the asteroid come into orbit of Alpha. What? I know. Yeah, I, I know. It. Uh, yeah, that was amazing. Seriously amazing that, that they would even dare to write that. Could, they could have said investigating a planet that had the possibility. Yeah, of, how hard is it I to mean, change one word? But an asteroid, just wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I wow. was amazed. I was just, yeah, 
<laughs> and because that comes so very early in the episode, right? So in, maybe that's my, why maybe that's why the rest of the episode seemed better. You know, because they I got the stupid out of the way right up front. It, well, you know, at the same time, I had my expectations. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is you know, it starts bad. We're we're down from here. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is. It's better. No, I I do think this was a better episode. I, I do think this was a better all episode around. Ever. Yes, but oh mercy sakes, that that opening bit was ridiculous, and yet it it did cause me to shake my head. And yet I did another one of these. Well, it's just more of the same kind of thought. And that that's that's what I was going with. It's like what, just more of the same. And and for the listeners who who may be doing these episodes from memory rather than watching them along with us. I did reorder it and I took the flashback that occurred in the middle of the episode that explained the time on the space babe ship and put it at the beginning rather than trying to explain that we're now in a flashback Mm. in the thing. So you have to remember that this episode actually starts with Dr. Russell saying, you know, we're 2009 days, um, since leaving Earth orbit, and we've heard the most terrifying sound in all of space, the universal plague warning signal. How, how did When they did they know? come up with that one? Unless Maya shared it with them. Yeah. Or maybe they, maybe they learned about it with all the myriad of, of uh, alien races that they've come in contact with. Now, we have decided that, that they are in another galaxy now, right? Oh, by I mean, now, yeah. actual another galaxy. Oh, not, absolutely. Not just, you know, a, a Battlestar Galactica galaxy. Well, with all the space holes that they've jumped through, I'm sure they've got to be in another galaxy by now. Well, I'm impressed that the Croton's computer can identify the moon as the, for, uh, the former, former satellite of Earth. Earth. Yeah. yeah. So you guys know Earth. So you have these super high-tech photon drives. Hey, we saved your life. Can you we, can you do something for us? Could you could you send a ship back to pick us up or something yeah. or, or you know anything? I, once again, just the, the absolute bankruptcy of fulfilling the premise of the show that these people are looking for a home, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's it's double worse because Koenig is out looking for an asteroid they can colonize. So they've literally said at the beginning of the show, we are actively looking for a home. Actively looking for a new home. But we're not going to check the planet of the space babes. No, and we're not going to ask for help. And and, and God forbid, if someone should actually offer to help, although there was the request um, earlier on, you know, uh, by Maya, if you could use that super genius mind of yours to... uh, Yeah, but that was to Dorzak. I know. (laughs) What's spoken between aliens stays among aliens. I, you know, I mean, that just my, uh, well, okay, so let's, let's talk about this. I didn't put it in the, I, I put a lot in the, in the recap, I admit. I, I admit I did because, it, but what I did not put in there was a very snide comment about Maya's complete and utter lack of character um, assessment of her fellow psychons. Because my dad's a great man. He would never do anything mean. I mean, gosh, he's so nice. No, actually, he was pretty much a right bastard. Yeah. And Dorzak, oh, he's a philosopher and a poet. I know him. It's like, really? I mean, 
It would have been crass for Tony to say something like, Remember your dad, Maya? Maybe you're not the best judge of character. Nobody, nobody had the guts to say that, but that's what was on my lips the whole time I was watching that. Mm. When, you know, when the, because we hadn't seen the, the whole sequence that Sahala had solely explained. It's like, I can believe this guy's a criminal. Well, no, 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 Maya, I know he's not. He's not, he's not a criminal. I've met him once. You met your father, you lived with your father, and he was turning aliens into space zombies and sucking their brains out for who knows how long and you never knew <sighs> you're pretty you're smart you're not a great judge of character no she's or, not or naive maybe that's the maybe that's the word um okay what have we got here so there was a group of psychons who traveled to the croton Whatever it is. Empire world. And the Crotons are so peaceful they can't kill. Apparently not. Apparently not. The Saigons got there and they welcomed them. That sounds like they welcomed them. And then the Saigons began taking over? Causing violence? I mean, this is so poorly defined as to why they were doing that. I mean, I, I never got anything out of I didn't get there. much of a motivation. Uh, like he's just evil. He's a monster. Well, he, he explains something uh, 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 as to why he's doing what he's doing, and it made no sense. Survival. It's survival. But it sounds like you found your way to the Crotons, a peaceful people with plenty of technology and stuff. They had it everything sounds going like for you them. found a home. Yeah, they had everything going for them. But then he seemed to. But but then there was another. Oh, dying people. And then when Maya starts to talk about the humans, he says, "Oh no, they would have. Oh, they would have died had it not been for you." And she says, "No, I would have died had it not been for them." So what what are they saying now that um, are 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 they making a case against uh, Psycons, saying that they're all bonkers they're except for Maya, or are they making a statement against um, philosophers? saying that they have absolutely <laughs> no clue about reality. I think we're supposed to believe that Psychons are arrogant, right? And, it, you know, it's it's all about doing well, things the Psychon which, way. Which and, would make sense because Maya does make the point, too. I, and I love that line. She says, what is it about, about Psychons that makes them turn into monsters? And I'm like, hmm, you have a power. And yet Dorzak didn't. Well, Dorzak did. He had the power to whammy people. Oh, he had that, which... Um, and really, I kind of like the episode, so when I'm here, I'm picking on it. But um, how, how do you do that in stasis? I can't even, I, I can't even, I alluded to it in the recap. I don't understand what happened with Clea. Well, we, my understanding is that she was just in love with him. Okay. But that's not enough to make her, I mean, okay, so she's in love with him. She she does things and then somehow I don't know how she got whammy that made no sense okay so also the 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 anti-whammy is there in the place yeah how come it didn't work on her apparently? how come it wasn't in her brain yeah she must have removed it she had to have removed it so because she, she was in love it. with him I don't know yeah again right. there's a lot she had of it so she removed it was in love with him but couldn't she have just <laughs> let him out I mean okay I'm in love with you I want to run off with you let's go start a you know a family on another planet um I mean I'm not gonna let you control my brain but I'm doing this willingly mm. and she must have been doing it willingly to remove the thing from her brain but don't you think that if you're gonna send Dorzak into exile you should not send one of the guards 
guards who is in love with him. Mm. Yeah, that, that was not a smart move. Seems like it's short-sighted. Yeah, a tiny bit. On the, on the port. But, you know, how did she remove the thing? Another question, because it, it seems to be easy surgery, even for Helena. She oh my, does it, hey. She does it twice without killing people. And her assistant managed to, uh, he managed to install it into Tony in minutes. Was it the assistant that installed it? Yes. Ah, okay. Well, even better then. No wonder Tony survived. Yeah, yeah, because well, he, he makes the I... comment uh, when Helena removes it. He says, good job at removing it. And she turned to him that's and she right. says, good job at implanting it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She did say that new doctor who was replacing yet another missing doctor on staff. Because they all quit. They can't stand to work working for that plastic face woman. Yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry. Did I just go there? <laughs> I'm go. sorry, Barbara Bain. I really, we, we love you. We really do. Seriously. Once an episode. Yeah. And, and, and I got news for you. <laughs> I think there's only three more. So you only got three more chances to, uh, to uh, comment on her Botox. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, before, I'll make every every possible opportunity of it. I, I don't think you've missed one yet, so I'm pretty sure, listeners, if he's missed one, I'm, I'm sure I must have missed one here and there, you know. But I I, I think I'm you know I'm I'm nine for ten basically. Okay, eh, uh, I thought it was better, but eh, you know that. Um, just one thing I'd like to point out: um, this was 2009 days. Uh, after leaving Earth's orbit, uh, the Seance Spectre, which we watched last week, was 2012 days after leaving Earth's orbit. So three days from now, they're gonna they're gonna do that hmm. thing. <laughs> and uh, I said, when was the Lambda variant? That was 300 days in the future from here, oh, even brother. though we've watched it long ago. So yeah, it's um, yeah, Lambda was 2,308 days in the future. Yeah, but if I seem to remember right, even when we had the the episode, you know, the first episode of, of season two, that was in the past in comparison to some episodes in series one. Oh yeah, and both these episodes, well, this one and the next, well, well the the two we've previously listened to, but and have, or at least these, this one and the previous one, even though the previous ones in the future of this one, both of them occurred between episodes one and two of Bringers of Wonder. Oh, lovely. <laughs> So, you know, they've, they've, <laughs> I think they have a dartboard that they just throw at the numbers and, and, and go. Oh, um. or, or, there, or there's just somebody there thinking, oh, no one's counting. They're just... No one's ever going to like No it. one's going to pay attention to this. 2,000 some days in the future. I mean, you know, watch it once. They'll never see it again. Right. Right. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they totally don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I just, I, I'm just so impressed at how well Moonbase runs um, without, without Koenig. Koenig. Without Koenig, yeah, and without the constant, we have to contact John. We got to get I hold can't, of John. I, yeah, don't know what I, to I do. can't. Yeah, here, you know, Tony. Um, okay, so the episode where Tony's like, I have to talk to John. I can't make a decision without him. Where was that in the chronology of things? Can you tell me what episode that was? I don't remember. That was the one with the space plague. It wasn't space warp. Or was it Space War? No, but Tony was off with T- the commander. Tony was with, was, with, was with Koenig, so that can't be it. I think Koenig was in medical and he was unconscious. Beta Cloud? The Maybe. Beta Cloud. Remember they had to keep trying to, to keep trying to get him conscious? Yeah, that was it. That was 1,503 days. Okay. So, so Tony's had some personal development time since then. <laughs> okay, so he hasn't regressed. He's had some command classes. There's actual, there's actual been some progression here on Tony's part. 
Tony's even probably passed his Kobayashi Maru test by now. Oh my. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Yes. Um skimming past my thing and looking at the notes. Um Alan. Alan's got the hots for Sahala the Space Babe. Yep. And I appreciate the fact that he didn't do anything stupid. Right? He was more reasonable. He was pretty reasonable all this time. I mean, even... He had her back. He had her back, but he was loyal to Alpha at the same time. He was willing to listen to both sides of the story. He was not rushing to any judgment on either side. And when Sahara, when she she pulled a gun, he, he took it from her. So we have for the very first time that I can recall the most reasonable Alan Carter that I've ever seen. And I kind of have to wonder what would ag- what, what how would angry Aussie Alan have handled all of this in this episode? Oh, he'd have been chomping at, at Tony the whole time. He would have shot Tony. Possibly. If not, Possibly. if not, I just decked him. Or, or you know, it's like, Tony, you don't have the authority to do this. Get the commander on the... <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's a possibility. That's a possibility. Um, mm. All right, let's see. What else do we have? I thought it was interesting that Tony was willing to wait for Sahala's permission to board her ship. I think that was undermined by the fact that he said, well, I'd like your permission to board your ship, but if you don't give it, I'm going to board your ship. Yeah, it's like, oh, at this point, just just board the bloody ship. Just board the ship, Tony. I mean, either you're going to adhere to that or you're not. And And if you're threatening that you're not, then what's the point? Okay, and is he doing it is Tony's judgment clouded by Maya? In a lot of areas, I think they are. I, th- I think they are kind of clouded. Um, because, you know, she desperately wants to get in there and see Dorzak. I get in there and see him, and Tony's like, I think we should wait. Yeah, but but I think, you know, Alan got it right when he said that the best way for Sahara to get on Tony's good side was the revival of Maya. Because right from the moment that Mike got um, tased, <laughs> uh, Tony, he had it in for her. Fair enough. Pretty much. Fair enough. Your alien but then he gets might, off the thing. He, you know, he probably would have done the same thing had Helena been hit. Or, you know, anybody, anybody close to command, I'm sure Tony would have reacted the same. But because right. it was Maya... A- any sane commander would do that. I mean, you don't get somebody walk on your ship and turn around and shoot one of your crew, right? Right. That's right out. I don't care what your excuse is. <laughs> you don't do that when you've put out a distress call and, you know, you come on board. If you if you blows out the guns, then you're an invading force coming under a false flag. I, I totally get that. Tony is fine there. What I am referring to... Uh, you know so yes he's but then when maya is revived and she's just like tony i've got to see dorzak i mean he could possibly be a bad guy no dorzak i love dorzak he's a great guy and he's philosopher and stuff like that and and tony his words are saying all right maya i know i know but you know you don't know because they had him prisoner and maybe they're right maybe you're not that's right oh we can't be can't be tony i've got to get in and see him and then you know like let's go let's go let's go no 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 let's wait for sahala to get here and you know it can't board her ship without her permission want your permission no you can't have my permission i'm gonna go anyway it's the i'm gonna go anyway did he go anyway because maya was just pestering him and he's like it's maya i have to do this for her and i kind of think, think he did i think, I think there he is broached the i think there is yeah the ethics of his command were broached there yeah and even, the other thing, yeah you know and I, I think you're right because even 
even if, let's say, you know, one of Helena's past flings back when she had a moving face. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I, oh. Or Charmaine. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but let, let, let's just assume that somebody that Helena knew or, or, or Koenig knew. It doesn't matter. But somebody, you know, anybody else on Alpha, that there was somebody on that ship that they knew. And mm-hmm. it was the exact same scenario. And that one person in the command staff was saying, oh, but I know this person. There's no way they could be. I need to see this person. Would Tony have been as passionate then? I don't think he would. I don't think he would have let them. I think you're right. In fact, I think Tony would have played um, the opposite side and say, look, John or Helena or Alan or whoever, we need to kind of take a step back and, to, and, and look at this more reasonably. And if it had been anybody on Alpha who wasn't on the command staff that knew somebody on board, he would absolutely turn them down flat, and then they would steal a laser by beating up one of the security guards and break in on their own, because mm. that's what the rest of the Alphans do. Oh, yes. Uh, whenever confronted with a problem that they don't uh, that they don't like the answer to. But yeah, I, I, I definitely think that Tony was compromised, but only slightly. Because it's Maya. Right. You know, I mean, he, he gave her more than she should have gotten, but she he didn't give her as much as she wanted. It's like, all right, you can try to revive him, but you keep him behind that force field. You know, it's like, you're not letting him out. And it wasn't until he was exonerated by Yesta, which, of course, was fake, uh, that, that Tony agreed to let her go or mm-hmm. let him go. So uh, I, I got to say, though, that the second, the second the tech boys told him it was an anti-mind control thing. Red and alert! Also, Red and alert! And also, was there one, you know, have there been any of those waves of that organic psychobabble wave? Oh, I'm sorry. I would have been all over that in a second. I was, and I was yes, expecting... Yes, there have! <laughs> I was expecting Tony to immediately respond, and instead, he... You know, who, who responds faster than Tony this one? Helena, and even she's, you know, moving about as slow as her face. So I, I was like really, really bothered at Tony's just uh, lack of action on that one. I mean, it was he was very slow to act. Well, he did. But okay. he was slow to act. He was slow to act. He did at least go, okay, let's try, let's try some subterfuge. And-, and again, I think it's because he has such, such hots for Maya that he treaded very gently. Now, what gets me is that Sahala points out that, you know, they have to have the jammer to prevent the mind whammy, right? Mm-hmm. And she says that later on. Our tech boys say it's a thing to prevent the mind whammy. And uh, and and I saw one of the, you know, Dr. Russell took one of those out of Yesta. And then there were some mind whammy waves about that same time that she was dying and tony takes that as enough to be something that needs to be investigated but he doesn't immediately come to the conclusion he doesn't immediately come to the conclusion hey wait a minute the only person on this ship who is protected from that or this moon that's protected is sahala the only one Mm. right and I, I think I would have been, I'd like to think that if I were in that command situation, that I would have recognized that if he sent Maya in there, she could be mind whammied. Duh! <laughs> or that, that anyone else could be, right? He, Helena, anyone. Mm-hmm. 
And yet he doesn't. And yet he does. Because at the end, he has one of those things stuck in his brain. Right. So obviously he was suspicious on some level at some point. And he wasn't suspicious as soon as he should have been, though. Again, the, the, I mean, complaint for Tony the hothead here is, for some reason, he was pretty, and I want to say too slow, although, yes, he was, you know, from the from the confines of the story, the way it unfolds, he was too slow. Yeah. But from the confines of a reasonable commander taking in information, making new decisions, changing your course, adapting to the information you have, he wasn't super slow. He wasn't fast enough no he for wasn't events no, not to take him right. over i mean there you're right he wasn't super slow because he was not 100 percent ineffective but he should have been more proactive totally I, I mean with all the clues that were being given to him right there it, he he almost comes off i, I don't want to say incompetent <laughs> but i'm gonna hey, say incompetent no. Okay. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. He he he, he should have caught that one at that point. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, that's definitely a brain whammy thing. And if he was gonna send Maya in, he should have had the thing stuck in Maya's brain. Before oh, she no went. kidding. When we find out that it's like, you know, zip zip popped in your and go. If it's a, right. Yeah, if it's a very easy install or implant, then yeah, they should have put it on in her right off the bat. So, you know, it's impressive that Tony was smart enough to put it in at the end. Um, what's also, again, right, Tony gets the clue, just like he got when he got the clue about the, the jammer mm-hmm. and the psycho waves at the same time that Yesta gave her her deathbed scene. That should have been enough to say she definitely had the mind whammy on her. He should have gotten it from that. I'll, I'll say it right there. He didn't, but at least he was suspicious. So it's not... It's not perfect, but it's not good. When Maya says, oh, yeah, I know what you need, Maya. You need some of my latest batch of beer. Okay, I'd love that, Tony, but maybe a little bit later. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, what, an hour later back in command center? And he's like, you know, Maya said she'd like some of my beer. Ooh, um, wait, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Psychons can do that thing with the molecular transformation. Although... He wouldn't have known that Dorzak couldn't do it. And at the same time, he... What, <laughs> what is the point behind that? I don't know. I mean, well, I seriously don't know. I mean, I, I understand that, you know, all the way back to the first episode of, of Series 2, we know that molecular transformation is a skill that Maya learned She learned somehow. it from, she learned it from, uh, from Mentor. From, from her father, who we never saw use it. No, but but uh, from and from what I recall in that episode, it is the same process by which Mentor was going to use to rebuild yes. the world of Psycon. Yes, that's what Psyche was built to do. That's right. So we have precedent that says just because you're a Psycon does not necessarily mean you have this ability. Correct. But... <laughs> shorthand for the audience would be to assume that they all could do it well they all have the ability to do it and obviously it didn't take much time for uh for dorzak to learn how it was done yep you just concentrate on the animal and poof you become it that's right i gotta know i had to do is just know what it looks like and you'll get the organs right and everything everything will (laughs) fall into place (laughs) so yeah i i um yeah (laughs) 
I, I, I guess it was to kill time that Dorzak didn't know how to do that. And then, and now he does, which just makes him even more dangerous. Now he is, yeah. And of course, Maya doesn't know how to put the mind whammy on people, as far as we know. No, she does so, not learn that trick. That's kind of a shame. Because she could use that and shut Koenig down whenever he needs to be yeah, but do we, know, did, shut down. Now I don't, did we ever get an explanation as to how Dorzak learned that power? Nope. I didn't think so. And I can't tell whether it's implied that the other Sykens had it. I wasn't and sure. Had, how did the other Sykens get killed? I'm kind of, to be honest, I'm kind of thinking that they didn't, but they were all disciples of Dorzak. But remember, he did say to Maya, he said to Maya that they were all dead. He said, we are the last two now or something of that yeah. nature. Now, he could have been lying. I don't think he was. But considering that the Crotons shoot first and ask questions later, it seems unlikely that there's any Saigons left mm-hmm. on their home world because if some of them were okay, then they wouldn't have automatically shot Maya, right? They right. all have to be bad. Right. And... I really wish we'd gotten a better explanation of what, what he was trying to do. It would have been nice. I mean, there was a lot of exposition and backstory that was going on there, but not a, it's surprisingly not that much on Dorzak himself. He's just there, and then he started causing problems. Right. People were, you know, doing things that weren't we weren't used to. Did that include killing? Because Sahala supposedly really can't kill. We don't do it. And even even Clea says it, you know, I, you know, what are we going to do? About, you know, Dorzak says, well, what will you do about Sahala and Yena? And, and she goes, well, I assume that you could dispose of them in the Saiken way, which I assume she means kill them. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. But just to go out there on a limb, you have a stasis gun and they're asleep in bed. Mm-hmm. Beep done. Right. Didn't even need to kill them. <laughs> Didn't need to worry about any of the whole situation. So if 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 Dorzak was controlling her mind, you'd think he'd do do that. Why would he have her bust the communications relays? Well, I you know it just it's all for show. None of it all made any sense. No, it's all it, for show. But unless but, yeah, not, it doesn't. But no, it not the least bit of sense. And it's a shame because, like we said, it's it's one that that kind of enjoyed. Um, it, Helena wasn't incompetent in any way. No, except it seems like I I, I kind of get the feeling that it took her longer to remove the implants than it did for her assistant to put them in. Well, she aside definitely from had that, to put bandages and stuff. Yeah, well, that's true. But aside from that, I mean, that's that's the only she performed brain surgery successfully. Yeah, on an alien, that's got to be a first. I mean, a successful surgery. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> For her. Um, you know, it, it, it was, she was competent. Alan was competent. Tony was competent. Barely. Mildly. Halfway. I'll, 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 Maya, I'll, I'll go and say he was 50% competent. Maya was kind of stupid. She was be beguiled. She was definitely, it, it does fit with her character. I mean, she's so, she gets so down when the humans look like they found a home. Or more specifically, she gets down when the humans think that they're going to find their way home. Right. She gets very... She's down with them. Oh, yeah. You know, if they're going to find their own colony planet, that's fine. Yeah, because they're all together. But uh, if they're going to find their way home, then that just serves to remind her that she has no home. That she will forever be an alien among... Uh, everybody else's home. So maybe that's what turns Sykens into monsters. Maybe that's what happened to Dorzak. He got a nice place and he's like, 
the only ones. Okay, what about Mentor? Um, he was bad. He was just he nuts. Was just a bad dude. <laughs> like he had an idea, and he had that whole you know the ends justify the means, mm. <laughs> which you know is is the arrogance of the Saigons. It's more important that we survive than it is we kill a few, kill a few aliens. At what point will Maya turn? Maybe there's an age. Maybe they hit an age. Oh, they have an expiration they, date. Yeah, well, once they, they and pass... And then they go sour. You know, she's still an adolescent, perhaps, in, yeah, in psychic terms. And then, you know, she'll become an adult and she'll realize these humans are like ants beneath me. <laughs> I am a god. <laughs> I, I will now change into John Koenig, only a foot taller. Mm. <laughs> it's like, you will follow me now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that, that idea is just terrifying. <laughs> okay. Have we got anything else on this episode? I understand Chris Penfold wrote it, mm-hmm. and it was rewritten by Fred Freiberger. Mm-hmm. According to Penfold, he says the only thing he recognized was his name on the cover. The overall story was the same, so Penfold decided to keep his name on the episode. And this was filmed simultaneously with Devil's Planet. Ah, which we've yet to have yet. We've yet to have that one. I know that one involves cat suits. So, that's all I remember. Cat suits. Mm. And it's got Koenig in it. Well, mm. Probably a lot of Koenig. Maybe that'll be the asteroid he's looking at. Maybe. So that's the other side of this story that we watched today. Yes. Okay. That that is the flip side to this story. Whether or not whether or not it's gonna be um supposed to be the same mission. I don't know if there's somebody else with him, I don't remember on it, but I don't won't be I don't recall. Base. I have no memory of that episode. Um yeah. Well, we're gonna get to it very soon because um we're coming up on the end, Ben. Well I know we have Dorkons. I promised at the end of the last episode that I'm going to name off every remaining episode from now on. So, next time, it's Devil's Planet. Okay. Followed by the Immunity Syndrome. And then the Dork-ons. And then the Dork-ons, yes. And then we are done. Done, I say. Done. Mm. Done like Barbara Bain's face. Ouch! Boy, she has taken a burning from you wow. this, this week. Yeah, ben. but yeah, but the face can take it. Oh uh, God, sorry. Ooh. Wow. Oh man, wow. I'm just being evil tonight. I'm sorry, Barbara. I really love you. You, you are a psychon of the age, apparently. Oh <laughs> man, just call me, just call me Dorzak, <laughs> because obviously I'm, I'm an, I'm a monster. Yes, yes, apparently so. I, Barbara Bain is probably listening to this and and very upset. Sorry, Barbara. But her face would never show it. Ooh, shoot, man, that's a fiver now. That's five times. That's, that's one more than five, I, man. Oh, maybe. I, so, okay, I'm making up for any episodes that maybe I did miss. Okay, well, I better we better walk this back before. <laughs> okay, Ben, thank you for joining me. Oh, it was a joy. <laughs> and listeners. I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. As Dr. Russell would say, Fusion Patrol is a Lone Locust production. 
Like us? Please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedback at fusionpatrol.com. Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. Ow! Okay. <laughs> wow. Man. I was just I, I and and she wasn't that bad this time. She really wasn't. No. But for some reason it was just such a great target.